Hello, Taylor Hymnus here from 41 Action News with another episode of Faith in KC. This episode is being recorded on Christmas Eve, set to air the Sunday after Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you and your family if you celebrate Christmas. I hope it's a wonderful holiday season for you. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Christmas in this episode. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a box person. I, I like my, my stuff to be where they're supposed to be in their boxes. I am diagnosed OCD, don't mind telling you that, and uh, high functioning, but um, it's it's definitely there. And I, I like for things to, to be where they're supposed to be. And when it comes to holiday feelings, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that we don't start celebrating Thanksgiving until November 1st. And we don't start celebrating Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. Um, it's just, I, that's how I like things to be. Um, and if, if those boxes get uh, tampered with for me, things don't operate as well. There's been a lot of tampering with boxes for all of us this year in the middle of this pandemic. It's been awful. It's just, it's been awful. And I have been luckier than most, honestly. I haven't lost a job. I have my family and all and I have all been mostly healthy. My wife had COVID-19 last month. Her symptoms were not great, but she's doing okay now and recovering. Um, I've been inconvenienced more than anything else this year, which is so much better than so many people uh, can say. But still, uh, my, my boxes have been rattled. And so I find myself this year uh, really having trouble with my, my Christmas spirit and um, being able to celebrate the way that I would like to and with the attitude I'd like to celebrate with. I'm sitting here because uh, normally we have a Christmas tree in the building here at 41 Action News and uh, the studio is really the only place where we have decorations right now because it's just, I mean, we have kind of a small staff in the building on a regular basis. We haven't been able to decorate the way we normally would. Um, I asked my wife, what what I what do you want to hear about on Christmas? I, I was like, what are we going to talk about for a Faith and KC episode? And she said, you should talk about kids. It's Christmas. <laughs> uh, absolutely the right call. You may have seen on, on um, social media, I originally asked for people to uh, send me some recorded interviews with their kids about Christmas and, and religion and faith. Got a lot of likes, but not necessarily anybody sending any in. So that idea was was scrapped. Um, but I'm turning to uh, a children's minister and she happens to be the children's minister at my church and therefore my kids' children's minister. Now I want to say um, very clearly, Faith in KC is never supposed to be about um, encouraging you to become a person of faith if you are not. Um, specifically, my faith. Uh, that's that's never what any of these episodes are about. I want to make that very, very clear. Um, these episodes are born out of our, our Rebound initiative here at 41 Action News, talking about how faith has has been used maybe differently this year. And people uh, trying it for the first time, coming back to it for the first time in a long time, um, strengthening it, weakening it. Uh, so in this episode with Michelle Dill, who is the... Uh, children's minister I mentioned earlier at OP Church in Overland Park. Um, 
we're going to talk about Christmas and celebrating Christmas and her thoughts on that line between, for lack of a better description, Jesus and Santa um, with, with kiddos. I've got three young kids um, and how you kind of try and walk that line. By the way, you will hear from my three kids in this episode. I did get a chance to interview them just a little bit. You'll hear from them. But I also want to talk to Michelle about trying to minister to children when you can't see them very often. And when you're not expecting them or when you're not able to get them in front of you for an hour a week in traditional Sunday school roles. All that in this episode. I rambled a little bit there and I apologize, but that's that's kind of how my mind is operating right now. I'm, I'm just not at my sharpest. And I know that's probably the case for a lot of you out there as well. But I really enjoyed recording this and talking with Michelle. I hope you'll enjoy listening to it. As always, you can find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, reach out and find me there. You can email me at taylor.hymnus at kshb.com. Always interested in... Um, your thoughts about these episodes and who you think should be there. Uh, I'll tell you now, there won't be an episode next week for the, for the new year, but we'll pick back up that first week of January, hopefully, and get back going. I really hope your Christmas season has been bright in the midst of everything, and if it hasn't been as bright as you normally like it to be, like me. Um, I pray that we are able to, uh, to find some brightness and find some light, um, even if it's in unexpected places this season and moving forward. Merry Christmas, and I'll uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks for another episode of Faith in Casey. Enjoy this one. Well, I'm happy to welcome Michelle Dill to Faith in KC. Michelle and I go to church together at OP Church of Christ in Overland Park, so um, I, I pulled her into this episode, uh, to have this conversation. So Michelle, thank you so much for taking some time out of the, the holiday schedule to do this with me. You are more than welcome. So, uh, Michelle, your, your role at church is children's minister. You're one of two children's ministers that yes. we have there. Uh, you and Miss Carla, um, mm-hmm. tell me how long you've been, been doing that. How long you've been involved in children's ministry? Let's see. Um, probably my whole life. Cause I loved babies and I loved little kids when I was growing up. So um, probably my whole life, but here specifically, um, we moved here in 2000, and then I worked for a lady who was a children's minister before me for about four years, and um, she moved back to Texas to be with her family, and so then I was hired um, to replace her, or to continue on, really. Okay, so it's a a two-part question I'm going to ask you first. What have you learned about... um, ministry, your own faith, spirituality, however you want to answer it, that you didn't know before you started working with kids? And then I'll ask you a second part of that. But what have you learned about just just faith in general uh, that you didn't know before you started working with kids? My faith in general, um, I would say, even though I'm working with kids, they are great theologians. They are, um, they have super open hearts. And so I think, you know, they talk about faith as a child, have faith as a child. And so that's exactly um, what I've learned is to not be so close-minded or not be so closed off as to not accept um, so many awesome things about Jesus. You know, they're not jaded. They haven't lived here as long. And so it's really cool to see them um, 
learn and then to discover and to find Jesus in the smallest of things. So I credit them with growing my faith more than I could do alone. So have you ever had instances or maybe the better question is how often do you have instances where you come home from a, you know, and this is pre-pandemic when you were able to have a, a normal Sunday when you've got kids all around you, when you come home and say, gosh, little Billy asked me a question today that I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be chewing on that for a little while. Like, has that happened to you before? It happens a lot. Um, yeah, they have a lot of questions. <laughs> As you well know, um, they mainly have questions. And so sometimes I will have to say, you know, I got to think about, I got to think about that one. <laughs> that, that is a tricky one. Or maybe, um, um, I would love to talk to your parents. <laughs> we could come up with right. an answer for you, right. you know, because sometimes I might answer something that you might not answer in the same way. So sometimes we have to collaborate. Now that leads me into the other part of that question. What have you learned about parenting from this job? Obviously there's some, there's some jobs that you can kind of draw a line between your job life and your parent life more than others. Um, right. is, is, I, I don't feel like yours is, is that way. What have you learned about parenting from doing this job? You know, I've learned that I wish I could go back and do a lot of things over again. I had kids and they were mostly grown up when I got into ministry, probably like later elementary, middle school, high school age. Um, and I was one certain way. <laughs> and then I got in ministry right. dealing with a lot of children. And then, um, you know, I just learned a lot about oh, maybe I could have done that differently or I could have done that better or um, just learning from other parents really about what they do in their homes. I'm like, oh, I totally missed doing that. I should have right. done that. So right. I don't exactly want to have more children right now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go back and do it again. But sometimes I, I wish that there were things that I could have done better or um, that, or, or maybe I just could have given myself some slack. You know, yeah. maybe I was too rigid in a certain way. Um, we're in the Christmas season, obviously, right now. Right. And obviously, we're going to, as we continue this conversation with Michelle, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. And doing her job in the midst of a pandemic is going to come on later on. So if you're listening to this or watching and, and are interested in that part, we're going to get to that eventually. But I want to talk about Christmas first with you, um, because obviously you've been doing this long enough to um, you've had Christmas seasons where you had kids in church. Yes. Um, does it does it become more of a challenge, less of a challenge? What are the challenges? What are what do you see during the, the Christmas season for for people of the Christian faith like you and I are? Um, Christmas has uh, a different meaning maybe than than those who are not part of the Christian faith. Um, but you are obviously talking alongside with kids that are thinking about Santa Claus and the presents oh, they're going to get and all that kind of thing. <laughs> You're also trying to talk about. Jesus and and the birth of, of Christ in there. How do you how do you walk that line around Christmas time in a in a normal year? Oh Santa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. you know, um, we we did Santa in our house, and I would say, above everything else, just if you are a parent and you don't feel comfortable doing the Santa path, then don't don't do that. You know, yeah. don't force yourself into something that you don't want to do. If you are doing Santa, um, and I would love this for everyone, you know, mainly focus on Jesus. Santa is a once a year guy, which is thankfully, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's a yeah. once a year guy and Jesus is forever. And so, you know, focus, focus on Jesus, whether you do, um, 
an advent calendar, whether you do um, advent with candles, whatever you do, um, maybe you go help other people, bring Jesus into Christmas. Christmas is Jesus. Um, maybe more of a priority than Santa. Yeah. Um, Santa can come. And I would also encourage families to maybe not have Santa bring the biggest, greatest, huge, you know, things that the yeah. children want, um, yeah. you know, get some credit for yourself, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, don't put, don't put too much on Santa where it overshadows everybody, um, everybody else, you know, grandparents, um, you, or, um, and the main thing is Jesus. So, um, you know, of course at church, when we are here and hopefully when our children are at home, we're doing that, you know, it's, it's a fun time of year. We act it out. We have a little wooden donkey that we bring out and they ride it, you know, to Bethlehem. And, yeah. um, we have a musical, we usually have a big grand spectacular. Um, this year we had to kind of pare it down a little bit and our children still get to tell the story of Jesus. And so we yeah. make it a focus here, of course, because that's, that's what we do. Um, but this year we've had to just encourage others to do it at home, um, as well. Yeah. I think, I think anyone, not anyone, but most people who have grown up in a church setting have, have been to a Christmas play, um, at least one time, uh, some, some form of that. Um, I, I got me thinking as I did, because I actually, didn't necessarily, I, I grew up in a very small church. So we didn't, you know, the, the youth group was my sister and I and a couple of other, of other kids. So we didn't have the firepower to put together a, a Christmas spectacular, so right. to speak. Um, we, it would have been just the manger, I think is what it, all we would have been able to do. I don't know if we had enough for Wiseman. From a, from a ministry standpoint and from a, from a teaching standpoint, what do you consider to be the purpose of those Christmas plays in, in in teaching and, and doing that part, because obviously it's a huge undertaking. You guys work on this for a while. You've got right. kids and pictures and parents and all that kind of stuff. What do you see as the, here's why I'm, here's why we're doing this this way. So we've done this for at least 15 years now. And so it has become something kind of of its own. It's, it's something that the kids look forward to and they don't only just look forward to it because they're talented. I mean, cause they can sing and they can, you know, dance and they can act. Um, they they do it, and I'll tell you a little backstory, a background story. Every time we meet, um, we have a prayer, and so of course we pray that we're going to learn our lines and know our lines. But these children are praying, and it's always so touching um, that, and they pray that um, that the story get heard by others. They want yeah. to tell the story. And so this is a concrete way that they can tell it. And they tell it through a very creative way, which children are creative. And so they tell the story in a beautiful way. And they um, they talk about that. That's what we talk about. Not only do we talk about, okay, you need to do the scene a little differently. They talk among themselves about telling others. And so... Um, which is a beautiful thing. I that's my favorite part. And I think at the at the end, I feel like whenever I get up at the end of a performance 
and talk, you know, I'm bragging on them, but I always want the audience to know that these kids are in it to tell the story of Jesus. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And who better to tell the story than children themselves? So, yeah. And, um, uh, and I should say too, and because obviously if this is your first faith in KC to watch, um, welcome. We're, we're glad you're watching. And uh, I've gotten comments about uh, the, the purpose of why we're doing this and, and, and the reason behind it. This, is, this was born out of our, our rebound initiative here at 41 Action News and the way that people are using faith in a pretty awful year to, to bounce back. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily to advocate one faith or another. It just works out that it felt good to talk about my kids and kids in general with the person who is my children's minister. So that's why Michelle is here. It's not, this is not a, a commercial for our church by any means, but um, I say all that to say, in case you're watching and you're not a member of a faith community and you're um, you didn't grow up going to church necessarily. And you're wondering about some of these plays. These are not always just a reenactment necessarily of um, the biblical description of the, of the birth of Jesus. This, these are often, you know, a play within a play and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's, there's lots of different ways for these kids to, to interpret the story. And you feel like that, that carries over as they learn, right? Oh yes. Oh yes, totally. I mean, it's, it's the perfect thing for them. You know, there are other opportunities too, that children could do if, if they aren't in a congregation that does a play, or if they, you know, just do church at home, go, um, go sing at someone's home, go sing at someone's home that um, can't get out right now. Like we have a caroling thing kind of going on right now. Um, just go do good. Go when the people are ringing the bell at Walmart, um, drop some money in there and talk about that. Just talk about things with them um, that Jesus would love, you know, that shows love to others um, because that's what Jesus is about. Jesus is about loving others. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be a grand spectacular um, of a musical or a play. It can just be the simplest things that you bring into everyday life. Yeah. I want to pause for a second and I'm going to show you some clips of my three boys. I asked them some questions, recorded them. They were uh, nice enough to sit with me for a recording. And I want to show some clips of uh, what we talked about with Christmas. So here's this, and then I'll get back with Michelle in just a moment. Christmas. No. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Um, because of Jesus's birthday. Mm. How do we know it's Jesus's birthday? Um, Where did you learn that? From in church and school. Church and school. Where was he born? Um, in Bethlehem. Right. In a house? No. In a hotel? No. Where? In a manger. Oh, what's a manger? Um, it's a place where animals live. Yeah. Corbin, what is your favorite thing about Christmas? Um, that we get to celebrate Jesus' birthday and unwrapping the presents. Celebrate Jesus' birthday and unwrapping presents. Why do we celebrate Jesus' birthday? Because we think he's got, he was born on the very first Christmas. Mm. Tanner, why do we celebrate Christmas? Because it's the time of year where, well, this is just my answer that, that I'm doing. Because it's the time of year where it's, where like, it's really joyful. You can get a lot of joy and you celebrate Christmas because you remember of Jesus. What do we remember about Jesus? He was born on Christmas Day. Where did you learn that? Church.
So back here with Michelle. So obviously um, Christmas is a big part for a big time for any of you out there with, with kids. And if, if um, the faith part of your life is also part of your Christmas celebration, um, good luck with how you, you walk with that with your kids. You heard some advice there from Michelle, uh, lots of different ways to do it. Um, so, so good luck with, with the, your ability to, to walk that line of, of Santa and, and Jesus at the same time. Michelle, I also want to ask you about just doing your job in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I, I don't mind saying I've been blown away by the work that you and, and Carla have done uh, to keep kids engaged when they're not able to be in the building. Um, walk me through once that decision was made, you know, in March or February or whatever it was, okay, we're shutting down the building and we don't know for how long a, a decision that churches of, of all faiths all across Kansas City have had to make what the conversation was like from your point of view about how are we going to, to still minister to children uh, during this time? What was, what was the goal? What was the conversation like? Well, it, it evolved over time for sure. We, um, in the beginning, when this started, it was right before spring break, I'm yeah. thinking. And at first we just, um, our elders and deacons and ministers, we decided to just put a pause for three weeks. <laughs> that was way back in the, oh, yeah. it's three weeks, yeah. And yeah. so um, in the beginning, Carla and I, we decided, oh, we can do this on Monday. We can do this on Tuesday. We can do this online on Wednesday. We had so many plans for everybody. And then we started seeing other people having plans too. Um, there were artists giving lessons on how to draw. There were museums giving virtual tours. There were zoos giving virtual tours. There were um, actors reading books at night. There was, there was so much going on in their world um, and really in the parents' world because the parents were having to facilitate this. Yeah. That we thought, you know, we gotta, we, we gotta take a pause here and we don't wanna be part of the noise because at the same time, schools were going virtual. And that really threw families into a whole new world who weren't used to that. And so there was just so much coming at parents that we decided, okay, we're not going to have much of an online presence because number one, our kids don't even have Facebook <laughs> or phones. Right. So right. we couldn't text them. We couldn't say, hey, meet me outside at Starbucks. You know, we can, it's different. Um, our job is when parents bring their children here. So and that just wasn't happening. So we decided, well, let's be pen pals. So we thought, well, let's just send out postcards. And so we started sending out postcards. We did that for about two weeks. And, you know, a postcard only has just a small amount of space. Right. We there's not, not a lot over, of content there necessarily. Right. We were sending them to over 100 kids. And so there's just so much you can write because we were all sort of paralyzed at home. Like, hi, you know, how are you doing? Yeah. How's it going inside? How's school? Are you online? You know, things like that. Well, they get the postcard. It's just a bunch of questions. <laughs> they can't really <laughs> answer us. So we thought, all right, let's regroup. Let's figure this out. So we decided just to start mailing them um, packets, packets with crafts or packets with little experiments or recipes or jokes or puzzles or, you know, whatever, whatever we um, thought up that week, we decided to do that because a parent will give a child you know, a letter sure, know, and maybe not give them access to Facebook. So we got um, flower seeds, I think one time. In, yes, in the you got flower seeds. 
yeah. yeah, flower seeds and Kool-Aid packets and just different things. Um, we had to think also about things that were flat. <laughs> yeah, because you got to <laughs> put this in an envelope, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there was also ex an expense to that. So we started doing that every week. Um, and we kind of tailored it to ages. Like we're not going to send a two-year-old jokes, you know. Sure. <laughs> so we did that. And then after a while, when we kind of noticed that this is this is how we are for a while. This is what we're going to be doing. Um, we decided, well, if we can be outside in distance, then maybe there's something we can do. Um, our kids on Sundays, they love um, worshiping and dancing. And so we thought, well, let's just do the Miss Carla and Miss Michelle driveway dance parties. <laughs> so, which, you know, looking back, I don't know, um, you know, Two 50-year-old women on your driveway doing the Macarena. I don't know. <laughs> it was special. It was, it, I it was special. It yeah. Was special. Some kids were like, I do not know them. But also some <laughs> kids, their neighbors came over. <laughs> All of a sudden, they just did not know us anymore. Yeah. Um, but also some neighbors came out and joined us. And so if anything, it was just a way to connect with them. And oh, it's a memory that I'm sure we'll, we will all have. But yeah. to give us a little bit of um, credibility, we did take some teenage, a couple of teenage girls followed us in their cars. Yep. So they could connect a little bit with them. And then it wasn't just Miss Carla and Michelle. <laughs> Dancing in the driveway. Acting a fool in their driveway. And then, um, but some kids, they didn't really want the dancing. And so we, um, then we took like a game day on the road. And so we drove around Kansas City showing up on driveways, playing charades or 20 questions or just things like that. So that's kind of how yeah. it started because we missed their faces. And, you know, mainly we see them on Sundays and that's how we connect. And that just, you know, it just could not happen right then. And, you know, they have a lot of Zooms in their life. And yeah. so we didn't also want to Zoom them to death because, um, you know, they needed to save that for their, for their teachers and for school. Yeah. So, and that's a lot of screen time. And it, it kind of morphed into, um, we, we were like, we want them to come back here a little bit too. So we had what we called Wonderful Wednesdays. And also parents needed a break by then. We had been together a lot, 24-7. Yep. And so we found a way to distance them outside um, and kind of like the old traditional vacation Bible schools, we did sort of like that. We had a story time. We took them over and did some games. And so the kids all just rotated um, all over the property in in small groups, distancing while they did arts and crafts or games. Um, yeah. And it also gave moms and dads a couple of hours so that they could, you know, do whatever they needed to do. Go pick up a grocery order or just go sit in the parking lot and close their eyes and have a little bit of piece i'm going to put you on the spot and if you don't sure. know the, if you can't think of the number that's fine but i'm i'm curious do you have any idea how many pieces of mail you sent out this year oh, wow ballpark since the pandemic started i'd have to do the math i need my daughter she's a math teacher because you were sending to roughly 100 least, kids a at week. least 100 a week so how many ever weeks we've been in and yeah. we, we've slowed down a little bit because at some point we did get to come back in to the building but now we're Back out. back out yeah um, and so at least through the end of october um every week we at least sent 100 letters out and so let's see that's april may june july august september october that's seven months 
at roughly four weeks right in there. So you're you're looking at about twenty eight hundred or so right. Right. over the course of pieces of mail over it's the course of that time. It's a lot. Wow. It's a lot. But you know, I just did math live. That's I, I don't do that <laughs> very often. I probably got it wrong, but that's I don't do Listen, that. Very I was often. down here doing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but the kids they got used to it. You know, yeah. so no, my they, kids definitely did. They got they to they were excited it. about mail every week and whenever it would come, they would show us what Miss Michelle and Miss Carla sent and we yeah. did lots of the arts and crafts and the seeds, like I mentioned, it was it was there. Um <clears throat> I, I'm, you know, obviously there's lots of comparison to normal time, quote unquote, but under normal circumstances, when you've got the kids in there week to week, is the goal retention? Is it, what are, what are you hoping? And obviously it's not just you, you guys have got teachers that teach the classes and that kind of thing. Right. But what, what is the goal for a, a student or a young person when they come into church on a, on a, on a weekly basis how much of it are you hoping for them to to hang on to? Like to compare it to regular school. Obviously, we're going to come back the next day, and you got to remember what I talked about last time. Is it is it more of an imprint or more? What's what's the goal week to week and under normal circumstances? You know, I'd say um, age appropriate levels of retention. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, a lot of it's just building community. You know, oh look, there's my friend. You know. We love Jesus. We both love Jesus. Um, our our goal is every month, we, this is how we do it. We have a virtue. So it might be honesty. It might be perseverance. It, it's something like that. And then we take stories and not chronologically, we just take different stories and put them with that virtue. Yeah. Show them what God was doing. You know, What's God up to in this story? Here's what God is up to. God's up to. Um, you know, this making this man persevere or showing um, kindness or compassion, yeah. things yeah. like that. We, no matter what the story, we always try to bring it back to Jesus. We only have them for 45 minutes to an hour a week. And so yeah. we can't do a lot of Bible drills and memorize this. Um, although that's awesome. Um, you know, we, we have to whittle it down to a main point. And so yeah. our main point is always back to Jesus. So if that's the goal under normal circumstances, what is the goal of sending them stuff on a regular basis over the course of a pandemic? I mean, I don't, I'm not a youth minister. I don't know what else you could have done over the course of the last several months, but mailing out things, but what were you hoping to achieve doing all that? We, our main thing was we, we missed them. <laughs> you know, yeah. we missed their little faces. We missed their little hearts. Um, actually, their big hearts. Um, we want to still connect with them. We want them to know that there's still somebody at church that loves them. And, mm -hmm. and we also just want to keep them connected to us, not only to us, but to Jesus, I yeah. guess, through us. Um, there's some things that we would like to do in the new year that kind of, I mean, now that we're kind of in this, you know, yeah. 2021 might just not flip a switch for us. Likely won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so we will, we'll probably try to do more um, in-depth things like maybe daily Bible reading or um, something like that. But mainly 
in this kind of confusing time, we just really wanted to keep in a connection with them. Um, yeah. On Sundays, we do provide on Facebook um, links to videos and to songs and to lots of things like that so that they can get their weekly Bible story and Bible study time. Um, so we do provide that. Um, but during the week, we just wanted a connection with them. We wanted to know that we still love them. And, and we hope that what we do for them shows them Jesus. Yeah. What have you learned over the course of your time doing this or just over the course of the, of the last seven or eight months, however you want to answer it, what have you learned about how kids use faith to or how they use faith, honestly, because as I mentioned earlier, and as I'll say again, uh, we're doing this because we we really people are finding new ways or discovering old ways sometimes to to bounce back from things this year. There's a lot to bounce back mm -hmm. from uh, for lots of people, and for a lot of people, that's that's a faith background. That's what we're looking at through the course of the series because we don't talk about it a lot. Um, but what do you what have you noticed about how and if and when kids use that? whether it's to recover from something or to make themselves feel better. How, how, what have you noticed about how kids use their faith? Wow, that is a deep, good question. <laughs> um, you know, they, kids are so much quicker to grab onto their faith. You know, they are, like we've talked about before, they're not inundated with a lot of outside Doubt. forces. Um, you know, and... I know, I know from speaking to some parents that, you know, children are the ones who give parents hope and give parents faith to keep going. Um, you know, we really, we really rely and, and as it should be on parents to, you know, be the, be the main force in their life, to be the main voices in their life. Right. Um, and kids, you know, kids are genuinely good at, at their, um, at the Jesus part of their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they are quick to attribute things to Jesus, attribute things to God. They are quick to believe, um, in the good. And so, um, you know, we've just seen our sweet kids just, um, continue to grow and continue to love Jesus, which is cool. Yeah. I really liked your Christmas piece of advice earlier about not letting Santa have the, the big gift um, and, and walking, walking that line. Um, but I, I wonder what advice you, you give to parents or have given to parents when, when they come to you and say, my kid asked me dot, dot, dot. And, you know, I've, I've, I've looked in the Bible, I've, I, I, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to bridge that gap with them and try and answer their question. I, I've been a parent long enough to know that I think sometimes you can work your way around that, especially as you mentioned, age appropriately. You know, there's sometimes, and if you're not a parent, you may not realize, but there's sometimes three-year-olds will ask you questions. You're like, where did this come from? Exactly. <laughs> and you can kind of, you know, I'm, I'll answer that when you're 20, you know, and kind of get around it a little bit. Um, but it's not long. My oldest is eight and it's, it's not long before you can't get around that anymore. Right. What, what do you tell parents whenever they come to you and say, my, my child has asked me this question and I don't know where to 
disappoint them. Yeah, well, fortunately for me, I know a lot of people who know a lot more than me. (laughs) (laughs) And there are usually, um, depending on what the topic is, you know, people who are experts in a field or who have, you know, much deeper Bible knowledge or are, like, if it's a, if it's a question of um, doubt, you know, there are people that I can go to for that. Um, I'm not afraid to give advice, but I also know when it's, you know, way up, way up here and I need to go to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's also okay to tell your kids, wow, that, that is a question I haven't thought of before. Let's see what we can find together. Let's look at books. Um, I'm a big proponent of um, reading other people's, you know, books or going to the word, going to the Bible to find, to find things. And also just putting other people in your child's life who are also um, experts in the word, or like I said before, um, about grief or about questions that they might have about their faith or things that they might really want to know about Jesus that were like, I have never thought of that in my whole life. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to ask you about is um, we talked about advice for, for parents there. And, but I want to ask you about a different kind of advice for parents. Faith is, um, and religion for, for a large uh, part of a large, a large group of people, for many people, it's a very private thing. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily, but for a lot of people, it's not something necessarily they wear on on their sleeves and let you know, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I project. <clears throat> um, and because of that, it's it's internalized for a lot of people. I'm, I'm a pretty internal person sometimes with, with that kind of thing. What, what advice would you give to parents who, maybe especially new parents that are watching this, who want to um, incorporate their children in, into their faith. So it's not a situation where um, I have my faith and my son has his faith because it's, it's very easy. And I say this as a parent, it's very easy to not be too concerned about what your kids are doing faith-wise. Because as you mentioned, that 45 minutes to an hour that you're getting them every week can feel almost like here, go see, go, go to Sunday school for an hour. And I'll spend two minutes talking to you with, with, when you get out about what you drew and what you learned, and then we move Mm -hmm. on. And that's, that's his faith. And mine is different. Mine's on it. What kind of advice could you give to parents about if they want to try and start to, to, to bring the faith gap between them and their children a little bit closer? And start, and maybe it's a, a conversation that they're having with older kids. Maybe it's not little kids anymore. It's like I've got a 12, 13 year old now, and I, you know, I need to figure out what what our faith is together. And again, this is not necessarily just about Christianity, but as someone who who well, bridges that gap sometimes. What advice do you give to parents about how to how to make it a a family faith and not just a my faith and your faith? Right. You know, I think about you know my own faith. Um, it has it's probably a totally different faith than when I was four, you know, it's, it's grown over the years. And so I guess my best advice is just to make your faith part of your everyday, whether it's in um, just helping someone 
whether it's in the way you speak to each other, whether it is um, going and doing big things. You can do you can do a lot of things, but mainly have the conversation. Just have the conversation. Have a part in your day where you talk about things. And if the conversation is going a certain way, bring bring your faith into that and say, hey, that's an example of, you know, fill in the blank, however you would like to with your faith. Um, you know, at some point, their faith is going to have to become their own. And so we can put the big pillars in their life. You know, we can, um, if if the our pillar is Jesus and prayer and um, giving, you know, things like that, we, we can put the big things in their life and they're going to navigate. They're going to have to navigate at some point. But, but if we keep that in front of them, if we keep the conversations in front of them, um, and that's something that I think doesn't happen maybe as often as it should. Just make your faith part of your daily life. Bring it into conversation. And at some point, um, you know, they're going to take off and they're going to fly. And they may, you know, fall a little bit. We all have. You know, we have, we've all... Um, been on the roller coaster, you know, it's not just a straight shot up, yeah. um, you know, and, and be there, be there in the big times for the big questions, the questions maybe you can't answer. Um, and then also just be there at night, pray at night, pray whenever, or, you know, if something comes up, you know, just automatically go to that, say, you know what, let's take a second and pray about that. Yeah. Um, just the small things like that can um, kind of mold them and kind of put an imprint, like you said, on their life. And that way they know when I'm on my own, oh, no, what what's happening? Oh, I should pray about that. Yeah. Michelle, I, I can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, I, I've, I've said before, this is not a commercial for our church, but I, I hope you can tell uh, watching this why I feel like my kids are in very capable hands whenever they're either virtual or in person uh, with, with the leadership group at, at our church. So uh, Michelle, thank you for the work that you and Carla are doing there at OP Church and, uh, and um, teaching kids in a whole different way. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. You are more than welcome. We love our kids. <laughs>